Hello and welcome to the Greenhouse Church Podcast. My name is Benj Gould and I'm the lead pastor. We are all about creating an environment where anyone can follow the way of Jesus. So we hope that this teaching helps you on your way. Good morning, everyone. Uh, Great to be here with you. Um, Loved time of worship together this morning. Um, And uh, it's always refreshing to head to another church. Obviously, I'm usually busy on Sunday mornings um, in my own congregation. um, And any chance I get to, uh, to come to another place of worship to share together is just an absolute blessing. So thank you for the refreshment. Uh, that uh, you've, uh, you've brought to me this morning. Thanks for welcoming uh, me here today uh, and to Benj for the uh, opportunity, the uh, invitation to come and share with you. Um, interesting uh, baptism Sunday next week. We're doing it at Greenpoint as well and hundreds of uh, churches across our state. Uh, and it's interesting, I don't know whether this is a God thing. I've just heard that you guys have seven lined up for next week. That's the ninth church that I've heard have seven lined up for next week. Um, and in fact, the association received a letter of apology from one church who couldn't wait for the 22nd and had to baptise seven people a couple of weeks ago. There was just urgency. So um, they, they actually apologised and said, sorry, we jumped the gun. We, they just couldn't wait. So we've dunked seven already and there's seven happening all over the place. So that's really uh, exciting um, for anyone who, you know, gets into the whole numbers thing, maybe seven, you know, the holy number or something or other, I don't know whether that's in it, but um, it's exciting to see. Uh, and there will be uh, hundreds, um, if not thousands, across uh, the, uh, the country being baptised next Sunday, which is a, a, a very exciting thing. Uh, as Benj mentioned, um, I'm regional minister for what's called the Coast Churches Network, which is the network of Baptist churches on the coast. Um, you know, as Baptists, we're not really sort of parochial or denominational, you know, we're keen to kind of partner with and work with anyone, anyone who, uh, who worships and has Jesus as Lord, then we want to work with you, but uh, particularly Baptists, you know, we want to work together um, uh, for reaching the, the Central Coast for Jesus. Um, and so my role, as Ben said, is really to kind of encourage and um, uh, drive support and partnership and collaboration between churches. Um, and, uh, and so that's uh, my sort of role here today, in a sense. Um, and uh, Ben is part of the, the lead team of the Coast Churches Network, so he's, uh, we, we often meet up and talk about ways in which we can do that as churches together. Um, and uh, yeah, Ben is a, a great mate, um, a, a guy of uh, great insight and wisdom, which I'm sure you, uh, you all appreciate, and uh, yeah, you should feel very, very blessed to have him as, uh, as your pastor. Um, and thanks for releasing him to be involved in the Coast Churches Network as well, um, to, to get into that. Uh, today, just a little bit about um, something called the Gen 1K Vision. Um, some of you would have, I'm sure, heard of this. Is this battery going or I'll, I'll plough on and we'll see how it goes. Um, uh, Gen 1K Vision, some of you may have heard about this. Uh, for some of you, this might be new. Um, I won't hopefully bore you too much with this uh, for too long. But uh, basically, the Gen 1K Vision is that across New South Wales and ACT that we would uh, plant or that, that we would be a movement of 1,000 healthy churches within a generation, effectively by uh, 2050. Uh, so if we put the numbers up on the screen, you'll see that that's around one Baptist church for every 10,000 people across our state is what we're aiming for. So that's 1,000 healthy churches across New South Wales and ACT. Currently, we have 350. 
So we've, across the next 25 years, as a movement across the state, hoping to plant 650 churches. You. On the Central Coast, uh, we have uh, a target of 40 churches, which is one Baptist church for every 10,000 people, and currently we're at 11. So we've got to plant 29 churches by 2050, in the next 25 years. That's more than one church per year planted. That's a bold target. Let's just say, let's, let's be honest, that's a bold target. Uh, but five years ago, we only had nine on the Central Coast. So that's good. We're, we're on the way up. That's good. And I've got to say, a lot of denominations actually are on the way down. So as Baptists, we are moving forward and we are planting because our heart is very much to reach our neighbourhoods not by consolidating and shutting churches down and building bigger, brighter, sparklier ones. Our heart is to birth communities of faith within neighbourhoods that can reach out with the love of Jesus to their neighbourhood. Does that make sense? So we want more churches reaching more people uh, for Christ. And so uh, our strategy as, as Baptist denomination is to, is to be doing that. And Greenhouse, you guys are part of that expanding story. Uh, Five years ago, we only had... No, how, how many years ago did you birth? Four or five-ish? Four or five, yeah. So, five years ago, there was only nine. You're part of that extra two. <laughs> well done. Um, so, I want to encourage you. You are a great example of exactly uh, what our goal is and exactly what our country needs. Uh, more and more local communities of Christ followers embedded within their neighbourhood sharing the love of Jesus. But how on earth are we going to reach that goal by 2050? It's mind-boggling, isn't it? Well, firstly, the work of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. That, of course, is the critical, non-negotiable factor in this. If God is not in this, it will fail. And in some ways, it's good to have a goal that if God's not in, it will fail. Um, but we feel very much called that, uh, that God is in this and leading us towards uh, seeing more churches. So we would invite you to, to pray with us as a denomination, as an as association of churches across um, the New South Wales and ACT, that we would be seeing more churches planted uh, and more people reached um, for Christ. Um, but as an association, we've also been asking, uh, what could happen if we all approached it a little bit differently uh, and started planting churches collaboratively? Uh, you see, even though Greenhouse is a wonderful uh, example of a successful and healthy church plant, many of you would be acutely aware of how difficult and exhausting it can be. Benj, exhausting? Exhausting to plant a church um, for kind of everyone involved. Like, you're starting out, you're birthing something new, you kind of, um, you require a lot from all the people who are in, involved and invested. You know, you, you, you step above and beyond and you give of yourself, right? So all of you almost have had to contribute and, and step up and go above and beyond. But not only is it a cost to, to you as a, as a church community, it's also a cost to Narara, who birthed you. You know, they, they bear a cost as well because they've had to see all you wonderful people who were part of that plant sort of leave as well. So it's a cost to, to the birthing church. And that takes time and sometimes years to rebuild and recover. So there is a cost. And because of that cost, individual churches don't plant other churches very often. It takes time to rebuild to the point of planting again. So that's when that target looks way beyond 
possible, doesn't it? When we just go, okay, we've got to oh, breathe, we've got to rebuild, it's going to take years and years and years before we get to being able to, to plant again. So rather than the slow and costly process of one church needing to develop all the resources required to plant a church, is there a way in which we as a network of churches, that the 11 churches up here on the Central Coast could combine and partner together, sort of give of our, each, each of our strengths and share our resources, resources so that we could far more rapidly plant churches all across the coast? So my role and why I'm here even today is to affirm and encourage you in your journey so far and the way in which you are part of that expanding journey, uh, birthing a new faith community here amongst uh, the Long Jetty community and you are passionate about reaching out to your neighbourhood. I love that. But also to encourage you to consider ways in which you as a church might continue to contribute to that overall network of churches on the coast towards that goal. And I want to briefly look at a Bible passage this morning that is a great illustration of the value of partnership. Um, if you want to open with me to, uh, to Luke chapter 5, I'm just going to, uh, to read a, a story that's probably familiar to many of you. Um, it's, uh, it's the classic uh, story where Jesus gathers his first disciples uh, down on the shores of Lake Gennesaret. Uh, so Luke chapter 5, if you do have your, your apps open, um, they won't be up on the screen as I, I read that. that. That'll come up later in a sec. I'm going to read verses 1 to uh, 11. Um, so Jesus calls his first disciples. Let me read it. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything and followed him. Uh, in this passage, we, we see the, part, uh, the, the value of partnership on a couple of important levels. Firstly, partnering with Jesus. Uh, as you see on, on, in verse 4 to 5, it, it might be stating the bleedingly obvious, yeah, let's partner with Jesus, but it's a vital truth that we can often uh, neglect to put into practice. You see, Simon was the expert, right? He's the life of a fisherman. He's the one going out every day onto the water or every night onto the water, all night, 
Uh, He's the seasoned, experienced guy who knows what he's doing. And then Jesus, a rabbi, a traveling guy who's more of a Bible college kind of guy, comes out and says, hey, I'm going to tell you how to do your job. Hands up here who likes a strange, inexperienced rookie telling them how to do their job. No one really likes it, do they? So what would Simon's response be to Jesus coming up and saying, go back out and put down your nets? Uh, Now, without it being explicitly stated, you kind of get the impression that Simon felt that not only was this request from Jesus super annoying, you know, I mean, they've already pulled out their boats from the water uh, and are cleaning the nets after a long night. But it was also surely, from Simon's point of view, doomed to fail. He's been out there all night, long and arduous, and they have caught nothing. So they're out there saying, there are no fish in this lake right now. You know, it it is bone dry. They'd been out there all night, so why on earth would it work now? So Simon was a cynic. Fortunately, he was an obedient cynic. He'd seen a couple of uh, things that Jesus had done. By this time, he'd he'd seen that Jesus uh, had healed his mother-in-law. You know, for, for some guys, that's not a great outcome, but, but Jesus has healed his mother-in-law already, so, so Simon kind of knows that Jesus is up to something that's got some sort of supernatural power, so, uh, you know, he goes, okay, you tell me to do it, so I'm going to do it, but he's, he's a bit of a cynic at heart, because he knows that uh, there's no fish out there. Uh, he had every reason to think as well that he was the expert, uh, and knew far more about fishing than Jesus, but he listened and obeyed, and that partnership between Simon and Jesus led to an extraordinary catch of fish. But we also see in this story the value of partnering with each other. And in verse 6 to 7, we see that after obeying Jesus, it says that they catch such a large number of fish that their nets begin to break. So after having caught nothing for an entire night, they go out and within five minutes, they have a full net, so full that it's about to snap. So Simon, recognising that he needs help or he's going to lose all the fish, calls out to James and John, his partners in the other boat. And they come across, help Simon lift up his net full of fish into the boat and then it appears that Simon must have then returned that favour and then helped James and John do the same with their net because both boats end up so full of fish that they're about to sink. Now imagine for a moment if any one of those partnerships hadn't happened. What would have happened that day? Imagine if Simon decided not to partner with Jesus. If Simon continued in his cynicism or his his frustration wins out and he just keeps cleaning his nets and he tells Jesus, listen, it's not going to work, I've been out there all night, it's doomed to fail, I can't be bothered. You know, I've already pulled my boats up, I'm washing my nets, it's a pain in the neck to go out and do what you say, so I'm I'm just not going to do it. I can't be bothered. Sorry, find someone else. Would the miracle have happened? Well, maybe Jesus would have found somebody else, but Simon wouldn't have been part of that journey. Simon would have missed out. Or imagine if Simon had said yes to Jesus but was too stubborn to ask for help from his partners, James and John. He thinks, nah, 
Jesus told me to put my nets out again, so I've got to do this myself. Or maybe he didn't trust his partners. Maybe he thinks, oh, you know what, these guys, they're going to come in and take the glory. This should be my catch. They're going to come in and I'm going to have to share the whole thing, you know. Uh, I've got a lot of, lot of fish in my net here. If they come in and help me, we might have to, you know, divide the spoils and, you know, all of that sort of stuff, right? What if Simon refused to ask for help? What would have happened? Well, the nets would have broken and he would have lost all the fish. Or imagine if it was the other way around. What if Simon asked for help, but James and John ignored him? What if they thought, wow, there are heaps of fish out there now. There was nothing all night. Now, look at Simon. His nets are full. Let's get our boat out there quick, smart, and let's fill up our own net. Stuff Simon. This is our opportunity. What if they refused to partner with Peter, with Simon? Would the miraculous catch of fish happened if any one of those partnerships failed to occur? Simon needed trust and obedience to do what Jesus asked despite his cynicism. Simon also needed the humility to ask for help when he recognised he couldn't do it on his own. And James and John needed the willingness, generosity and selflessness to help rather than thinking about how many fish they could score if they threw their own nets in the water first. So this partnership between Jesus, Simon, James and John led to an overwhelmingly large catch of fish, so large that it was like nothing these experienced fishermen had ever encountered before. It says they were astonished at it. Now, of course, this metaphor, or this miracle was a metaphor, a living illustration that Jesus was using to get Simon, James and John to shift their focus from uh, catching fish for a living to catching people. Uh, The central purpose of this miracle is to show the heart of Jesus to see many people caught up in his love and grace to see many people drawn to him. And that he is calling his followers to partner with him and with one another in seeing that come to fruition. That's the heartbeat behind the Gen 1K vision that I was talking about before and what we're seeking to do on the coast with the Coast Churches Network, that we as 11 Baptist churches here on the coast would be partners, not sitting in our own individual boats or clams or worship centres or whatever we have, you know, that we're we're not just sitting in our own individual little spaces and struggling with the overwhelming number of fish that are out there in the sea, but that we would collaborate, that we would call out to one another and say, can you help? Let's work together. Let's draw in this overwhelming number of people out here who do not have hope, who do not have grace, who do not know God's forgiveness, let's work together because there are too many fish for for us to do it on our own. Does that make sense? And I believe that if we collaborate, 
And we would work together in such a way that we would also see an astonishing number of people come to know Jesus by 2050. And that we wouldn't be having just a national Sunday of baptisms where we put it out there and say, hey, we're building up and we're going to have some baptisms, you know, every now and again, that we would be seeing seven baptisms a week in every church all across the coast. Because we are working together and we are seeing lives transformed. So how are we going to do that? What does partnership look like? Because it's easy for us to say, hey, let's work together. But what does it look like for churches to work together? Well, we're looking at four R's. Uh, in terms of our strategy as the, uh, as in the Gen 1K uh, program. So four R's, relationship, resource sharing, raising leaders and reproduction. This is sort of the, the four things that we are focusing on that if we do together, uh, we will see, um, yeah, churches planted. And I would like you to encourage, uh, to encourage you to be thinking through in what way could Greenhouse and you individually contribute to this? So firstly, relationship. Uh, there are 11 Baptist churches on the Central Coast. How many of them do you know? You probably know about Greenpoint simply because I'm here today. <laughs> but how many other Baptist churches are you aware of who might be in those churches? What's their heartbeat? What are the churches like? There's one three Ks down the road. Does anyone have anything to do with that one? Uh, those sorts of things, right? Um, we're on a shared mission. We serve the same Saviour and He is calling us to reach out and draw people to Him, but there are too many fish out there to do it on your own. So we need to work together. So relationship, get to know one another. Do things together. Encourage Benj and encourage others to be involved in some you know, events or, or whatever that we might be doing together. Um, build relationships. Resource sharing this is an important one, you see, because Greenhouse will have a whole lot of strengths that other churches won't, or resources that other churches won't, but other churches will have resources that you're crying out for. Maybe we can share some things, like whether it's finances or, or people, like skills, gifts. There's all sorts of ways in which we can share resources. Raising leaders. Now, this is a really, really important one. Because if we're going to plant churches, we need people to be leading them, planting them, yeah? Uh, Benj is one example of a person who's been, a leader who's been raised up and part of a team of people then who plant this church. This church should also be thinking through how do we raise leaders to then plant again? But some churches might lack the ability to, to do that on their own, but maybe we can partner together as 11 Baptist churches to raise up leaders far more rapidly and far more um, uh, sort of robustly uh, in, in order for planting more churches. Uh, and then reproduction uh, is to look at how can we reproduce, how can we plant churches, where are we looking, what areas in our, uh, in our coast need uh, more churches and people there. So these are ways that we can actually work together and I'd encourage you to think through what it means for Greenhouse uh, to be a church or for you as an individual to be contributing to those four R's. Now, for some people, when it comes to working with other churches uh, and being missional like this, they can have an, the initial response of Simon. We're tired and, and <laughs> we can't be bothered with the extra effort. We've been giving ourselves, you know, to this task. We're, you know, we're, we're 
going above and beyond and we're putting in and we've got a whole lot of other stuff going on in life. We've got family, I've got work, I've got all these sorts of things. I'm, I'm too tired for this sort of thing. Or we're worried about what partnering with other churches might mean. As, as a pastor, at times you can get worried. You start interacting with other churches. <gasps> Are my church people going to think that that church is cooler and end up over there and I'm going to lose them and this is going to suck and we're going to die and all, you know, like you start spiralling down into worry. Could have that reaction of Simon or cynicism of saying, we've tried this before and it's failed. We've been out there all night with our nets and we've caught nothing. I've seen church plants before, I've seen this going, you know, before and it's failed. So let's just not do it, right? There's all sorts of ways in which we can be a Simon in this situation where Jesus is calling us to an extraordinary catch of fish that, fish that we can say, nah. But maybe we'll also be a Simon that despite that cynicism will say, but because you say so, Lord, we're going to do it. That because Jesus says there is an extraordinary catch of fish out there available for us, if we partner together, that we're just going to do it. Yeah, I might be tired. Yeah, I might have seen this fail before. Yeah, I don't know what I can bring. But because you say, Lord, I'm going to do it. And remember, Simon's willingness to call out for help and James and John's willingness to help meant that both boats were filled to the brim. The outcome is better for each church when we have the courage to work together. So this church helping another church is not a cost to this church. This church will become full to the brim by helping another church. Does that make sense? It's when we focus on our own boats where we end up empty which is the story of too many churches throughout the last 50 years across the Western world. We need to partner together, be willing to help one another, and Jesus fills both boats to the brim. God is doing something here on the coast. Uh, there's a lot of stuff I'd love to, to share with you this morning. Um, as, you know, we're on the cusp of, of three church plants uh, within the next six months. Um, uh, just within some, uh, some exciting uh, opportunities, Avoca Beach, Mangrove Mountain, Edelong are places in which uh, God is at work and providing opportunities for church plants to be happening within the next few months. And I'm firmly convinced that there will be many more in the years to come and that we can meet that goal of 40 churches here on the Central Coast. But we'll only be able to meet that if we're willing to partner together. And as I finish, I want to leave you with Paul's prayer at the beginning of Philippians. He says, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel. From the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Can I tell you, God is at work on the Central Coast. Jesus is bringing fish to the surface all around us. This morning, lots of people have just driven past, as we've heard. They are fish that Jesus is saying, 
I want them drawn to me. I want them to know my love and grace. I want them to know hope and peace deep in their souls. And he's calling us as Christians, as churches, to work together, to draw them to Jesus. He's done, he's doing the work. He is causing people to seek him. He is causing people to thirst for him. Are we willing to partner together to see them drawn to him? May we be faithful in working together for that task. Will you pray with me? Lord God, we thank you for your grace and for the message of hope and forgiveness we have to share. Lord, I thank you for Greenhouse uh, and for their partnership in the gospel, for the way in which you are using them uh, to proclaim your goodness, uh, to worship you and to reflect your grace and your love to the community around here. Lord, thank you for the work that you've begun on the coast, uh, Lord, and we ask that you'll inspire us and make it clear to us how we can partner with you and with each other, that many lives would be transformed by the love of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your work, we thank you that you are sovereign, and we thank you that your spirit is working in the hearts of thousands of people across this coast. Lord, may you work in us and through us to be partners for the sake of the gospel, that lives would come to know the true blessing it is to be in relationship with the Lord. Lord, we pray these things in your name, the name of Jesus who died and rose again and rules, of king, rules as king of all eternity.